Ah, uh, yes, raw podcast from Shadows, and it's Blake. Merry Christmas, WWE. Yo, it's my name, Ivor, baby. Let's get it. That was beautiful. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Y'all know who that is? It's my man Elias with the Christmas hat going. Yeah, Elias. Get in there, man. Uh. Man, that was beautiful. Scream it. Yeah, I know what it stands for. This is quite the Christmas Eve special. Well, all right then. Christmas concert from Elias. Thank you, Elias. Yeah, see. Beautiful women Elias will be kissing. 
Yo. Your light is up. All right, all right, and we we all know what's about to take place now. Miracle 34th Street fight. We here for it. This Blake real time analysis. It's a whole different perspective, baby. Let's get this going. Man, so this match is crazy. We've seen a lot of uh, crazy. We've seen a lot of cool spots. Seen a, the Christmas tree spot. Seen a scoop slam onto the Christmas uh, gift. We saw uh, the. The candy cane kendo stick come on out. We saw a uh, 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 fire extinguisher being used. <laughs> Elias is about to use a bowling ball. You could only imagine what he's going to do that, do with that to Bobby Lashley in the corner. But one of the biggest spots of the match was uh, a drop from the top rope. Bobby Lashley was dropped from the top rope, or at least the second rope, by Elias onto a bed of Legos. Oh man, see he just bowled a strike into Bobby Lashley's uh, nether regions and boy oh boy, uh, he's going into another box now and here goes a, a red cello. Yeah, it's a cello. How about it? This is, uh, this is quite the festive match. Bobby Lashley had Legos stuck in his back. They look to be gone now. Oh, it's still there. It's a white Lego lodged into his back. And that's three. Let's hear it. Thank you, JoJo. Absolutely. It was bananas. That was something else. That was it was actually quite the opening match for Monday Night Raw. Let's go over some of these highlights. The he, Elias threw a Christmas tree directly into Bobby Lashley's face. You know it's pretty sharp. He, he's showing the bowling ball spot again. And then the cello to the back, which was uh, the knockout blow. I still am stuck on the Lego being lodged into Bobby Lashley's back. It was all, uh, you, you like blood? It was there, not a lot of it, but it was enough to uh, be noticeable. Uh, Leo Rush was thrown through the table of all the cookies and goodies and such like that. Uh, now Elias is, what is he going to do? He's going to stuff his mouth uh, full of Christmas cookies. Oh, man, enjoy, Leo. Uh, happy holidays, man. Uh, you got something else? Oh, no, not the eggnog. Oh, uh, he's gonna, oh, uh, and then my man Elias dumps the eggnog onto Leo Rush. Happy holidays. I'm pretty sure that Elias uh, won this little rivalry between him and Bobby Lashley. It was quite the send-off, very entertaining, and um, can't wait to see what comes uh, next for both of these superstars. All right, so moving forward, we got the tag team championship match between Rude and Gable taking on the, uh, the I guess we'll just call them, but now number one contenders and uh, the Revival and Dash and Dawson. You know, these guys uh, got the win last week in the Fatal 4-Way matchup with a Fatal 4-Way tag team matchup, and this grants them the opportunity. And um, it's so far, it's a fairly even match. We've seen some great moves some great, uh, great showcase of talent from Chad Gable. He uh, doing some great tosses, great head scissors. We're seeing um, in the opening part of the match, we saw one of the members of the Revival try to uh, uh, just poke at Bobby Roode. And he was distracted just that fast, which ran in, which led into a 
quick um, roll-up attempt. And this obviously speaks to the actual skill set of the Revival. So, uh, you know, it could happen tonight. They could potentially become the new Raw Tag Team Champions. It would be a great Christmas gift. And uh, speaking of Christmas gifts, we got a lot of WWE superstars on WWE.com that are sharing uh, their Christmas wishes. And uh, one of the guys that was just showcased on Raw was uh, Heath Slater. You know, he has kids, and the only thing that they're asking for is that their Uncle Rhino gets his job back. So, you know, that's uh, pretty heartfelt. And, again, if you want to see more of those, you can just head on over to WWE.com and see every well a lot of the wwe superstars and their christmas wishes um i'm actually getting everything i want for christmas this year i hope you're getting the same uh part of what i wanted for christmas was to be able to watch her alive and give you guys a uh an actual uh, like in-ring analysis tonight not necessarily in ring but like i get to do this podcast tonight because all of the scheduling just so happened to line up so i'm thankful for that and um Let's get back to the show after the commercial break. So Chad Gable had Bob, uh, had a, uh, oh man, had him in, they were, uh, listen, the Revival were able to reverse and almost, they were able to reverse a full Nelson attempt into a backslide and a clothesline. They went for their big finisher, but Bobby Roode was actually there for the assist two times. They were going for one of their signature maneuvers, but Bobby Roode pushed one of the Revival members out of the way, which gave uh, Chad Gable the opening for a small cradle or small package, a roll of victory, one, two, three. So Bobby Roode and Chad Gable are still your Raw Tag Team Champions. All right, we cut the backstage and we got the B Team singing the 12 Days of the B Team Christmas uh, to Apollo Crews. And they were attempting to give him a shirt for his kids, you know, a B-team shirt. And he actually said that he has uh, all of his Christmas shopping taken care of. So he had to decline. And maybe next year. So uh, that was a cute little segment. He walks off and they said they're going to remember for that for next year. So let's um, let's see what happens in next holiday season between the B-team and Apollo Crews. Because the B-team apparently never forgets. Kurt Hawkins and his Christmas wishes. Pet giraffe to dress socks, of course, and then. How about a wing? Why are you looking at me like that? My shirt? What about it? Oh, that whole thing, yeah. I guess that's true. Uh, Santa, the one thing I'd really want would be to win a match. There you go. Stay focused, Kurt Hawkins. Oh, no way, Jose. Mr. I just lost a bunch of weight in three days. Let me be quiet. Hold on. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh-huh. Let's start a conga line. Alright, so coming up next, we have the triple threat match between Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, and Finn Balor. Uh, This all started back, for real, for real, in my opinion, back at Drew McIntyre Appreciation Night. I think think these guys since then have been trying to uh, get the one up on each other and going into this match. I think Drew actually has a little bit of the momentum because he's taken out Dolph and Finn. Or should I say Finn and Dolph, just to avoid the little uh, cute tag team nickname that all the fans on the internet wanted. But um, I think uh, he has the momentum going into the match because last week he took both of these guys out with the Claymore kick. These guys both had to uh, interfere in each other's respective matches with Drew for them to pick up their own victories over him. And uh, yeah, yep. That's exactly what happened now that I'm thinking about it. So going into this, I know that uh, I don't think that both I don't think that Finn and Dolph are going to be able to uh, 
come out on top. I think they're going to be too focused on each other, and I know that the Scottish psychopath is a lot more focused after uh, taking them out last week. Again, this is just based off of the momentum in his favor, but let's see how the match uh, turns out. I know I'm enjoying the rivalry between the three of them, and I have, you know, this is maybe biased, but my pick is most definitely Drew McIntyre to take the match on this Christmas Eve edition of Monday Night Raw. Hey, you know who's coming back soon? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, I don't know when these guys are scheduled to come back, but whenever they get back, I know they're returning soon. I am going to probably lose my cool. <laughs> How about that? Either way, we got Drew in the ring. I know he's waiting for these two to come on out. Wait, Charlie's talking. Charlie? Oh, good question, Charlie. No. Of course not. It smiles. That's just extra food. But the truth is, Dolphin Finn are going to gang up on me. They should gang up on me. Hell, I would gang up on me. But it's not going to make any difference because those boys are limited. And this Scottish psychopath is limitless. Mm. And if by some Christmas miracle... They're able to get the upper hand on me. Their pride and ego will get in the way, and I will be right there to kick their heads off. Now, this is the best part, so I want you to close your mouths and open your ears. Yeah, listening. Once I dispose of Finn and Dolph, I will go on and win the Royal Rumble match. He's one of the odds on favorites. Ooh. Yeah, I know I'm a little biased. Alright, all right then, let's get it. Alright, Ziggy. Go ahead and do your thing there, man. Alright, so the story that went uh, into the match between Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, and Finn Balor was these guys working together for the very beginning of the match and Finn Balor and Dolph Ziggler because they needed to. But ultimately... Uh, Drew McIntyre was overpowering them both. Eventually, the numbers game got to Drew because uh, after, you know, it was a very fair match, very fun match, cool, fairly paced, um, a little bit of, you know, unique move sets. Everyone was able to get their spots in, at least from what I was paying attention to. It's the, the main, the, the ending sequence was, I believe, Dolph getting a super kick on Drew, putting him down. And um, Finn was on the top rope for uh, setting up for a coup de gras. Went for the pin, and uh, this is where part of my extra noise in the background. But this is where Finn was able to deliver the coup de gras in the midst of that pinning attempt. He uh, was able to roll Drew out of the ring, and get Ziggler into the corner, setting him up for the coup de grace, and that gave Finn the 1-2-3 victory. After the match ended, it was a uh, very angry Drew and an exiting Finn, but he went into the ring and told Dolph that there's only room for one of them on the roster, slapped him, but then Dolph was able to land a zigzag on him when he like looked up the ramp. I believe that this win puts Finn in a certain position to actually uh, take a step back from Drew and Dolph and now Drew and Dolph can actually have uh, well, they can continue this little rivalry that they've had and they can uh, do it some justice in the new year coming up so the new era has uh, shown us a little bit of a change I know that we're uh, we still got a lot of uh, things to take care of before the new year starts but I'm, um, I'm seeing some of the things starting to take shape now as far as rivalries that will continue and new things that will be taking place into the new year so finn wins that tonight though we do have our world women's championship between rowdy ronda rousey the world women's champion taking uh, and 
Natalia, the number one contender. Santa? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's not Santa Claus. That's Mr. McMahon Claus. My goodness. Okay, so let's not just sleep on what uh, Mr. McMahon's clause just uh, graced us with. That information was awesome. Next week, we are going to get our steel cage match between uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler on Raw. But we're going to see in the year 2019 women's tag team championships boy i can't like, I, I just can't wait either way six women tag match between ember moon sasha banks and bailey taking on mickey james dana brooke and alicia fox that is right the captain is on raw tonight so we starting off with ember moon and mickey james i'm just interested to see how these six women are able to mix it up in the ring we've uh, seen the variation of uh sasha banks and bailey with a lot of different superstars this year you know like natty and them taking on the riot squad a couple of times foxy's been in the fold and dana brooke is uh starting to become a lot more trusted as far as an in-ring competitor goes and i'm just speaking from a backstage space i really uh do like the fact that she is so uh athletically inclined you know she's a gymnast so, and maybe that's just a little bit of bias for me because I respect the gymnast. But, uh, you know, she has a cool new T-shirt that says Dana Brooke Flex Appeal. You can go to WWE Shop and get that if you want to. But, um, yeah, I definitely appreciate uh, all of the uh, talent that these women bring to the ring. You know, Alicia Fox, is, has, she has one of the longest tenures in the women's division in sports entertainment. And uh, Mickey James... She just uh, screams experience. I think everything she does, if you go and watch Breaking Ground, I've probably said this a number of times, but if you watch Breaking Ground, you watch Tough Enough, you can see that everything they share with the uh, up-and-coming superstars from uh, yesterday, Mickey James has always taken advantage of. My goodness, though, there was a, my, there was a spot in this match uh, that's taking place between these six women where Ember Moon uh, gave... A, a slight super kick to Foxy on the apron, kicking her out of the ring. But what that evolved into was uh, a giant boot on the apron to Mickey James, uh, not excuse me, to Ember Moon, which uh, put her down on the apron. So, yeah, that was uh, pretty crazy. And then, in and of itself, it was it's bananas. And man, this, I'm I'm done talking. Let's uh, continue the match. Oh. Only half cool. We're on a commercial break. I know that some people were complaining about the uh, the formulaic methodology of Monday Night Raw, and oh no, that did, that's not a change. Uh, you know, I said we would get some sort of analysis into the shakeup, and I couldn't necessarily think up a, a respectable amount of time. Pardon all of the happiness. I guess she just opened up one of the gifts, but um. I don't, I couldn't really fit it into a respectable amount of time to make it a fair podcast. You know, I I see people complaining about the same things, but I see a level of changes taking place. One thing that shouldn't change or ne- that can't necessarily change 
is the amount of commercials we're going to see on Monday Night Raw. Now, if you want to go and look into how television works with commercials and such like that, then you'd understand why we get the commercials in the fashion that we do. But I will say this, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, Sasha Banks can uh, relay this to WWE. Uh, wait, give me one moment, please. Pardon. But uh, maybe, just maybe, in the... Uh, Let's let's give it a fair percentage. In the three percent chance that WWE gets to hear this, um, maybe during the matches when they have to go on commercial midway midway through, uh, and we come back, like let's say we had Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre who are going one on one in the steel cage next week, they'll be having the match, and. Dolph has the upper hand. This is just random. They go on commercial break, and then when we come back from commercial break, we'll see uh, Drew with the upper hand. Some of the complaints that I've heard, just listening in and you know keeping my ear to uh, keep my ear to the cosmos of the WWE universe. Uh, I've been hearing that some of the continuity is a little bit confusing so maybe just maybe we could uh look into those parts of you know going on commercial and coming back from the commercial and having essentially maybe the same thing happening now i know that things do change you know throughout the match you know at a live event uh the match does still go even though we're on commercial breaks so you know, some of these complaints are more so uh, just, uh, some would argue, infantile. But, I, you know, to argue about the formula not uh, looking any different, I think it's just too soon to try and complain about something that you don't necessarily have the control over. Yes, Triple H did say we were the authority now, but I think that just covers... Uh, what we're pardon that, but I think that only covers what we're uh, what we're seeing in ring as far as superstars go. If you guys have uh, something that you would like to share with the company, maybe you guys can go to the Twitter page and share what you'd like to see, what differences you would enjoy, and as far as the product goes, I mean they might just. Uh, they might just answer you back or they might just apply it to some of the television or the televised events. It is Christmas, right? Hey, let's not take anything away from Sasha Banks or Bailey. Both of these women are multi-time women's champions. They had an awesome Iron Woman match back in the NXT days. I actually went on my way to watch that. Uh, did I say it? I think it's Iron Woman match? Yeah, 60 minute. I believe that was. It was a great match and... um they are both, uh, again, they're great superstars, you know, they have everything that it takes to be women's champion, and I think once they're able to go a little more unhinged, they'll be able to really uh, get a larger part of the WWE universe on their side for a longer amount of time. Back to the match, though, we've got uh, Bailey uh, with the blonde tag from Sasha, uh, running to the turnbuckle and hitting Mickey James. We just saw a double knee to that same corner and Sasha jumped over the ropes. I guess we're setting up for a Meteora spot. Let's see if Michael Cole calls it. Yes, sir. Oh, Foxy breaks it up at two. Oh, oh, oh and, then, and then Eclipse. What an Eclipse. God. Yo, y'all should have seen that eclipse. If you go and watch Raw, watch this match because that eclipse spot, Alicia Alicia Fox actually quote sold it beautifully. But now we got Bank Stabber ba into the Bailey to Bailey. I was about to call it the Bank Statement, but that's not what the move is called. That's the submission move. Either way, hold on. It was a very, very fun match toward the end. That Eclipse had to have been the highlight of that match, in my opinion. A lot of fun. A lot of heavy hits. Shouts to Dana Brooke. Take nothing away from the women in defeat. 
Oh, wait a minute. Oh, look at this now. Wait a second. The Riot Squad have ambushed Sasha Bailey and Ember Moon. We were just speaking on the man. Oh. I'm going to throw Sasha over the top. Toss Bailey over the top. Congratulations to Sarah Logan for just getting married, but I don't know if you should have a ring on in the ring. In-depth analysis. I'll be seeing some of it and most of it. But either way, let's uh, continue with Raw, please. Great job, Paulie. Let's go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest, Natalia. Natalia, you're set to face Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. What is it like for you to have to compete against someone who's not only a very close friend of yours, but also your training partner? Well, I would expect nothing but the best from Ronda. And I know that Ronda would expect nothing but the best from me. That's right. I helped train Ronda. So there is nobody that knows Rhonda better than me. Nobody. Well. Well, 2018 was a very difficult year for you. So what would it mean to be able to bring home the Raw Women's Championship right before Christmas? 2018, it really was one of the most challenging years of my life. But I'm focused. I'm determined. And I'm ready. And to be able to bring home the Raw Women's Championship for Christmas would be such an amazing gift for myself and my family, and I'm going to do it. Thank you, Charlie. Oh. And that is what is at stake here tonight. Uh-huh. Listen to it. Uh-huh. Taking on who? When? Next. All right. Now, in between that, uh, we definitely had a great, great, a promo segment with Paul Heyman. Don't worry, we didn't forget about it. But again, we're live, live, all the way live. So we uh, had Paulie, and uh, he's in the ring, and he's basically sharing. He had actually had a couple of great jokes. Funny joke when he called Braun Strowman back when he's seven years old. You know, he's about six two, three, three fifty, three forty, three fifty. <laughs> He wanted a replica championship from Santa, but now that he's older, he wants an action. He wants the real thing at the expense of Brock Lesnar, but that's not going to happen. So after a couple of those, you know, uh, you know, Paul, you don't, you can, Paul Heyman is the only one that can speak as Paul Heyman for real, for real. But um, after he reminds everyone that it's not gonna happen, you know. Out comes uh, Braun Strowman with, uh, and pause. I would recommend you go back and watch this on the WWE YouTube channel because the segment was just so Christmas, uh, Christmas reference loaded. But out comes Braun Strowman. His arm is still, uh, still in a semi cast. You can see he's, it's getting better. You know, it looks. It looks like Braun is going to be ready by, Rum by the Rumble for the Universal Championship match. But he comes out and he puts a red nose on Paul Heyman. And then he puts reindeer antlers on his head. So uh, he calls him Paul the Red-Nosed Reindeer and tells him to take the message back to Brock Lesnar that come Royal Rumble, he's going to get these high ends. I can't do a Braun Strowman impression, at least not right now. But that's exactly what Braun said, and uh, I definitely look forward to seeing 
those two go at it for the WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. Everyone wants to uh, see a new champion. People are upset. You know, superstars, you know, fans in the WWE Universe. I would even assume some people backstage. They're uh, a little over the fact that we don't have a main championship part in that. Man, they're upset that they don't have a main champion on the roster right now. You know, and the Intercontinental Championship has to be the Raw Championship for right now. I'm not too, too mad at it because it gives the IC Championship the prestige that it deserves. But at the same exact time, we do have a heavyweight championship on SmackDown and our secondary championship, like the Workhorse title, which is the United States Championship, where Rusev and Shisuke Nakamura will be battling for that tomorrow night on SmackDown Live. But if we have an Intercontinental Champion, we should have a Universal Champion. But hold on, Alexa Bliss wants a gift. What? Oh. Maddie. Mm, Maddie's a lost cause, even Santa can't help her. And lastly, I'd like to give Rhonda some good makeup. Merry Blissmas, everyone. Uh, Merry Blissmas, Alexa. <laughs> Wait, Breezy. Well, as for a speedy recovery for my Dango. Yeah, Deputy Dango. Only one. I'll take the tickets. <laughs> that was funny. All right, let's get to the women's championship match. Let's get it. Wow. Natalia versus Ronda Rousey. You know, the beginning of the year or however, whatever month Ronda came around. You know, we had her come on in around, you know, uh, Mania time-ish, you know, that was when it really got started, and we know that Nettie trained her, and throughout the year with all of the people that Ronda Rousey's taken on, and becoming the women's champion, and, you know, defending it, and retaining it, leading up to this, the last Raw of the year in so many senses, this has been, without a doubt, one of the best matches on the show and I think it is a true culmination for these two you know Natty training her gets to see what or I, we would I would dare argue her star pupil has been able to evolve into as a WWE Raw Women's Champion and this match is so far I would say this is match of the night this is the best match on the card I've seen thus far it's it's intense it's it's technical and this really, really shows the true talent, capability, and technique of both of these women's superstars. I would not take anything away from them. I would actually put both of them on the top of my list as far as in-ring talent goes. Like, I'm highly, highly impressed with what both of them are bringing to the table in this women's championship match. On the Christmas Eve edition of Monday Night Raw, it's great. There have been single leg takedowns. There have been submission attempts. You can see around the Rousey's eyes that she's uh, holding back a little bit. But at the same time, you can definitely notice that she's not uh, taking Natty lightly at all. And Natty is, she's doing everything that some people might have forgotten she's capable of. You know, like this, this here makes... Man, I would almost say let's. We need to see more of this side of Natty more often. For real, for real. I mean that because I like seeing Natty like this. Either way, let's get back into the match because this ending sequence is uh, it's gonna. I could tell it's gonna be Titanic. But speaking of Titanic, you know, uh, sometime in January, I believe January third. The Titan Games is going to be coming to NBC, and if you don't know what that is, that's going to be the competition that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is executively producing and hosting himself. So head over to the NBC network, get your DVR set. January 3rd, Titan Games. Let's get it. So 
back to the Royal Women's match. Talk to him. Talk. So we here for. Yeah, but, but, oh, yeah. your advice. There it is. Ah, Do yourself a favor. With my family. Coming soon. Go watch it. Anyway, the closing between the match and with uh Closing between the match, pardon me, with uh, Natalia and Ronda Rousey was nothing short of awesome. More reversals, more reversals, more mat wrestling, more, more quick spots, more drop kicks. You saw Natty had a little bit more experience, just from being in ring. So you would see a couple of more attack moves from her. We saw a giant knee from Ronda Rousey, but after a sharpshooter. Uh, Ronda Rousey was able to land her. She was able to break it, get out of uh, that uh, that hellacious sharpshooter. She didn't necessarily reach the ropes, but she was able to reverse out of it. She hit her, uh, I call it the Judo Olympic Slam, but it's like a spinning uh, judo move. And then she went for the armbar, arm bar, which uh, inevitably had to have Natty tap out. Tapped out a little, uh, it was a little wonky, but I would still recommend you go to the WWE YouTube page and watch that match. Watch the highlights of it because it was a really, really good one. Take nothing away from Natty Cat. So we've got Rhino, excuse me, we've got Jinder Mahal, Shanti Lords, taking on Heap Slater in the ring, but we've got a Santa Claus in the crowd passing out presents. I would almost say it's Rhino Claus, but Slater was going for the pin, and a DQ has indeed taken place because the Singh brothers interfered in the match. Man, uh, Santa's apparently coming to help. <laughs> Santa been hitting the eggnog, they said. For a second, I thought it was McManta Claus, but no, no. Crowd chant for Santa. Oh, big clothesline. He beating up, beating up the Singh brother. Tossed out two of them. Singh brother's out the ring. Gender in the corner. Oh man. Oh man. My man Rhino. Santa hit him with a goal. It's definitely Rhino. Yay. Rhino's back. Hey now, it's the holidays. <laughs> Put a smile on. <laughs> My goodness, we go backstage and we got the B team. They, the sweaters are stretched out. They, they limping, trying to sing the carol. Did they have too much eggnog? What happened? Are the sweaters too hot? Daniel Bryan said something about these sweaters. I don't think they need any more eggnog senpai. I don't know what's going on with them, but oh no. I know we got our main event coming up between Seth frickin' Rollins and uh, back to normal WWE superstar 
Baron Corbin, so um, don't have a pony in the race. I know that uh, Baron Corbin was blaming Seth for all of the fans turning on him, and Seth was underneath the impression that it was Baron Corbin's fault in storyline. That role was doing uh, so poorly over the past couple of weeks. I would have my own arguments as to why. You know, maybe people have been uh, busy with their regular lives and couldn't necessarily uh, tune in for the way they wanted. Maybe they had to uh, only watch for a certain amount of time and had to DVR the rest. Who knows? But either way, you know, it's been a it's been a little bit of a storm brewing between these two, and now they're gonna get to air it all out in the ring next in our main event. Talk to him, Seth. Life's about moving forward, and I gotta focus. Tonight, I am focused on putting away Baron Corbin once and for all. Merry Christmas to you and the rest of the world for that. Yeah, yeah. For Dean Ambrose. He's let it take everything he wants from me, but he cannot take my reputation, and he cannot take my heart. It's main event time. All right, so we got to fire up Rollins doing a lot of his uh, special stuff. You know, suicide dives. She went for an early stomp, but at the very start of the match, he hit a drop kick that forced him into a backflip. That he flew out of the gates. Uh, he, you know, Baron Corbin, before the commercial break, was able to get a punch to the face. And that gave him a little bit of time to breathe. It knocked Rollins off of the top rope and out of the ring. But uh, the story so far is how he's feeling, Seth Rollins, after losing the Intercontinental Championship. All commentary, these guys are all sharing their take on it all. And pretty much it's saying that, uh, you know, he's he's not really mad that he lost. It's He's just mad at the way he lost because Dean Ambrose not only said he would lose, but he predicted how he would lose. And um, yeah, it's all based on how he's uh, how he lost control that night at TLC a couple of weeks ago. So um, yeah, right now uh, there's one side arguing that he's more focused than ever, and there's another side in saying, no, he's uh, he seems a little dismantled. Only time is gonna tell. By the end of the night, we're gonna be able to see if Seth can keep it together, uh, as uh, Corey said. Corey Graves, he shared, uh, you know, with the, with that channeled emotion, Seth Rollins can, well, he's actually, his offense is second to none, and barely anyone can stop him that we know about on the main roster right now, but if he doesn't, uh, if, yeah, if he doesn't channel that rage and that emotion, then it can be one of the most destructive forces to his own self, so it's going to be very interesting to see how, uh, Seth is able to channel that rage tonight. Are we going to see a random uh, interference from Dean Ambrose? We don't know. We know earlier we we got a backstage segment or wherever he was at, you know, but Dean was sharing that he was hoping that Seth got whatever was coming to him in the match. He almost wanted to wish him good luck, but nah, and that doesn't really seem like the Ambrose way now anyway. So, um, yeah. This is a main event, and it's shaping out to be a, quite a cool one. We know that these guys also went at it in the TLC, you know. So um, they had a TLC matchup. They they should be able to put this match away after this going into the new year. At least uh, hopefully that's what takes place. It's uh, I wouldn't say it's run its course, but it's, you know, we got a TLC out of these two. What more can they do to each other? Either way, let's get into the... Uh, Assumedly closing sequence of the match because we're coming up on the close of the show happened so fast All right, so the in end of the match uh, was just as the beginning you saw Seth Rollins turned up The story was that he had something to prove tonight, and he was not willing to give up we saw Corbin uh, reverse out of a stomp and go for his own deep six and we saw him eventually go for the end of days 
which Rollins was able to roll out of and uh, give him a kick to the head, which put him down, and eventually, well, ultimately, uh, give him the opening to go for the stomp and get the one, two, three cover victory. This is uh, the this is Christmas Eve. It's the Christmas Eve edition of Monday Night Raw, so we shouldn't be expecting to see anything too too crazy. I think it was real cool the way everyone was uh, featured tonight in their own ways. You know, from Apollo Cruz to Dean Ambrose to the the women's roster. You know, everyone on the women's roster. You know, um, I know that the show was pre-taped. That was one of the uh, running themes this week along the WWE, well, in the WWE universe. So uh, you could hear and feel the fatigue from commentary, and they have my cool, many, many kudos for being able to pull that off like that. We got a another showing from McMahon to close. Well, we got a showing from McMahon to close, and it was quite hilarious. We got some cool news about women's tag team championships coming up. John Cena's coming back, and He's going to be taking full advantage of his free agency being on Raw and SmackDown next week. <sighs> what a show. It was a fun show for Christmas Eve, and it was a great miracle on 34th Street fight. That Lego spot was uh, something that I won't forget. And, and, yes, I will officially say that the match of the night was the Raw Women's Championship between Natalya Neidhart and uh, Raw Women's Champion Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Very fun show. I enjoy it thoroughly. Hey, if I don't catch you guys, which I probably will tomorrow, I want to wish you and yours a very holly, uh, excuse me, happy holiday season. I don't know what you necessarily celebrate with Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, however it works for you. Please do share it with your loved ones. You guys can tell that my loved ones are definitely in the festive spirit. It's finally simmered down a little bit. But uh, it's definitely going to be a great day tomorrow, and I cannot wait for SmackDown Live. So, with all of that being said, shouts to Tom, shouts to Royal Club Wrestling, shouts to Everything Pro Wrestling, uh, shouts to all of my guys, man. These guys br- help bring you the podcast from the shadows each week. Thank you, Sasha Banks. She likes the podcast. Can't forget that. Happy holidays to everyone. And um, to all, a good night. This is Blake. I will catch you guys tomorrow for SmackDown Live. Peace.